All right, more reaction to the Chargers making Brandon Staley the 17th head coach in franchise history. I'm here with the Athletics, Robert Mays. And Robert, first and foremost, if folks haven't read his piece on The Athletic, I think it was December 30th, go search it, it was. after this interview, right? Was it December 30th? It was the day before New Year's Eve. Yep, we tried to get it out of that Wednesday so people would actually read it. It's the awesome. constant struggle around the holidays. That's right. Well, well, go read it after we talk here. Robert, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. I, I want to get your reaction to the Chargers hiring Staley, being that you were with him for quite some time uh, to put that piece together. I totally understand why you'd want to. You know, I, I think that right now with the current model of the NFL and how hard it is to sustain success on defense and how the safe path to relevancy and having a good team year in and year out is typically offense. It yeah. is hard for me to justify hiring a defensive-minded head coach. I just think it's a higher bar to clear to be a good team every single year, year in and year out. But after talking to him and thinking about him and him as a teacher, a communicator, as a football thinker, all of these things, he's the guy that I would bet on as a defensive coach. Just because of the conceptual ways that he built that Rams defense and how that defense was almost an expression of his value system around football and the way that he thinks about the sport. You know, they were doing things, Schmatt. This isn't just a defensive coordinator who has a ton of good talent, who's using guys in familiar ways and riding that talent to success. Obviously, the Rams had Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but sure. some of the stuff that they were doing schematically was on the edges, was really pushing further into some of these things than any other defense coordinator in the NFL. So I think a guy that is thinking on the cutting edge and is as progressive as Brandon Staley is, is the one area where I would be like, you know what? I'd be willing to take a swing on a defensive coordinator or a defensive coach here just because I think he sees this stuff a little bit differently. Yeah, in the piece you talked about his defensive philosophy and creating a numbers advantage, and and he and McVay seemed to just click right off the bat. And hey, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, of course, you need you need good players to have a successful unit. But when you look at the individual pieces that the Chargers have on defense, with you know everyone hoping on. Derwin James coming back for, for a healthy season in 2021. Joey Bosa, uh, Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray. The individual pieces are in place for Staley to, to really implement his philosophy. Absolutely. And I think that the argument that he was a product or had relied so heavily on Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald, you know, I understand that every team doesn't have an Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but a lot of teams have at least one or two elite defensive players. Sure. And the Chargers have several elite defensive players. And I think the most encouraging thing about Brandon Staley and his history, if you look back to the defenses we saw in Chicago when he was with Vic Fangio, the underlying principles of those defenses are similar to the one that he ran with the Rams, but it's still a little bit different because you filter those principles through your personnel. So his ability to kind of take these one or two or three kind of queens on the chessboard that he has and understand the exact right ways to deploy them I think is an argument in his favor and one that should get Chargers fans excited because they have those guys. You know, he didn't have a Derwin James on the Rams. We'll see what he ends up doing with Derwin James in those moments. He didn't have an edge rusher like Joey Bosa. So I think that the defense may look different in some ways to the one that you saw with the Rams simply because his personnel is different. And I think that that speaks to a good coach and somebody that understands how to properly unlock his talent. We talk about his rise to Robert. His first NFL job was in 2017 as a position coach with the Bears, obviously learning under Vic Fangio. But to see 
for 2017, you go from a position coach to running an NFL franchise in 2021 as the head coach with Justin Herbert as your quarterback. In your conversations with Brandon, what stood out to you that led you to believe that, hey, this could be a guy who could take on a head coach responsibility sooner than later? He's an excellent communicator. And I think that that is the number one quality you need in any sort of coach. You know, when people were thinking about Sean McVay and what they were chasing in Sean McVay as the rest of the league was trying to find their next version of him. I think that the things they took away from what Sean McVay is as a coach were young, offensive minded. And that was it. That was the template. Yeah. But Sean McVay's greatest strength isn't that he's this X's and O's savant. It's that he's a very good communicator who's able to command a room and also listen to his players, inject their feedback, and kind of have that sort of dialogue. And even in Brandon Staley explaining some of this stuff to me, it was obvious what sort of communicator that he is. And I think that that really is what stuck out to me. Not, man, this guy is some genius, and he just sees all of this stuff as like this galaxy brain coach. It was the fact that he could lay it bare for me and as to why they were doing it. Mm. That part of it, and also – just this adherence to ideas that you typically wouldn't hear from defensive coaches in the NFL. If you talk to most defensive coaches, and I think even more than offense, defense leadership within the league is kind of made up of these establishment coaches. You know, after the hirings of Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn in the last couple of weeks here, I want to say that about half of the defensive coordinators in the NFL have been former head coaches. So there really is this kind of recycling pipeline that goes on. And most of those guys, if you were to talk to them, you were to say, all right, what's the most important thing that you have to do first with your defense? What's the first consideration when you're setting up? They would say, stop the run. Every single one of them would. They would say, all right, we need to set our front to make sure that we're stopping the run. Well, just think about that on its face, right? In football, the best offenses are the teams that can throw the ball most effectively. The quarterback is the most important player on the field. So why would you stop the run first? Wouldn't you rather structure your defense as such to take away explosive plays in the passing game? Yeah. And that's what he's done. And not only doing it, but able to kind of communicate that value system in an open and honest way. You know, he told me that it takes a lot of four to five yard runs to add up to a 50 yard pass. I have never heard a defensive coach in the NFL say that before. Yeah. On the record or off the record. And for him to just kind of come out and be like, this is what I want to do. I believe this is the way to do it. That's why I would be more comfortable riding with him than I would some other establishment defensive coach, even a guy like Robert Sala to a certain extent, just because I do believe he's kind of thinking of this stuff inverted in a way that actually makes more sense when you consider what the modern structure of the NFL looks like. And Robert, that's what I think is so fascinating, too, is, you know, the Chargers, if they're going to go to the playoffs in advance and get to where they want to go, Kansas City's in the way. Buffalo's in the way. You're going to have to slow those explosive offenses led by Mahomes and Josh Allen. And you you laid it out in your article, just the explosive plays that the Rams gave up. It wasn't many. It wasn't many last year for the Rams. So offensively, though, he has Justin Herbert. He has Keenan Allen. He has Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Uh, I have to believe he came into those interviews with a very detailed, specific plan for what he's going to do offensively, uh, or else he probably wouldn't have got the job. 
Absolutely, because you need consistent offense in order to be a consistent winner in the NFL these days. doesn't matter how good of a defensive coach you have. You know, Bill Belichick still needed really good offenses to win consistently every single year. But I also think that the Belichick comparison, while I'm not trying to say that Brandon Staley is Bill Belichick, one of the strengths that the Patriots had every single season is that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick would sit down every single week multiple times and go over the ways that defenses were going to try to attack Tom Brady. And they had the best guy in the world there to explain the ins and outs and the intricacies of defense to him. I would have to assume that Brandon Staley would be able to do something similar with Justin Herbert over the course of his career. If they could have a dialogue, a communication where Staley is overlooking the defense, obviously, and that's his purview, but at the same time is able to say, all right, these, this is what they're trying to do to you. When they do this, this is what they're trying to do. And I think that understanding defensive rules is one of the most important parts of offensive coaching. And Brandon Staley absolutely understands defensive rules, and he also understands the offensive side because he's a former quarterback who spent a lot of time on that side of the ball. I, I just think that, again, it's hard to thread a needle where I would want to hire a defensive-minded head coach in 2021. That's my own personal kind of way that I see it. But I do think that if you wanted one, he checks every single box that you would want someone to check. I'm so glad you mentioned the the Belichick and Brady dynamic and how they came together, because you talk about matching intellect. I mean, Justin Herbert, one of the brightest guys you're ever going to come across. And you couple that with Brandon Staley. What better guy to bounce ideas off of? Um, there was this natural assumption that, okay, the Chargers were going to get an offensive-minded coach, pair him with Herbert, and, you know, it was just going to be magical. They're going to score 40 points a game. This, <laughs> this, may, be, this may be the route that, that's a little bit smarter in that, hey, you know what you have in Herbert. He's going to pick up whatever offense you throw at him. But to have a head coach who, like you said, played the position at Dayton but also can help you – read defenses and see the game through his lens. I think that's just as important. I absolutely think so. And I understand the clamoring for an offensive coach. You know, I thought that Brian Dable made a lot of sense there. And Brian, somebody else who I've spoken to recently and written about and kind of thought about his candidacy yeah. as a head coach. But I can absolutely understand how the Chargers arrived at this point. You know, I said, I think a couple of weeks ago on our show, that if he got in these rooms and the owners started picking his brain about some of this stuff, one, they should do it just to do it because of the way that he sees it. And you could, I think, learn a lot just by having the conversation with him. But beyond that, I had a feeling that when he got with somebody, there was going to be at least one of these ownership groups or one of these leadership groups in, in a team that was going to say, you know what? I think this is the guy. I, I was confident that was probably going to happen. And that's what happened. You know, he had that first interview with the Chargers and Apparently, it was all system go after that. So this is not surprising to me. And again, I am someone who is steadfast in supporting hiring offensive coaches over <laughs> defensive coaches. And I still can get behind this move that the Chargers made. Yeah, there's always an exception to the rule. Uh, Robert, final thing for you, a checklist for, for Brandon Staley this offseason. If he's going to get this Chargers team back into the postseason, uh, when you look at what the Chargers did this year uh, offensively, seven and nine, obviously not the record they were hoping for. Uh, what do you think Staley needs to do this offseason to, to get this team back in contention in the AFC? Uh, his coaching staff is going to be the number one question. Uh, the, what it looks like, what it's comprised of. And I think the offensive pieces there are extremely important. You know, is Stan, I can never say his name, Shane Station or. Yeah. 
is he going to be somebody that they want to retain because of the work they did with Justin Herbert? Is Pep Hamilton someone they'd want to keep on the staff? I think that would make a lot of sense considering how well him and Herbert work together. Who's the offensive line coach going to be? That is, in my opinion, when you're building a staff, that has been the biggest and quickest route to success for some of these guys is finding the right person in that spot. You know, Think about the first-year head coaches this year and the one that had the most success. It was Kevin Stefanski. And they went out and they got Bill Callahan who is a legend in that area and kind of just said the run game, I'll take care of it. And having that guy has been such a common theme for some of these teams that have had quick success with new coaches. Stefanski this year, I think if you look back at even the Cardinals run game in the first year under Cliff Kingsbury, it was very good. And Sean Kugler, their offensive line coach is someone who's done this before. Aaron Cromer with the Rams is somebody who's been, around the block a few different times and has overseen really good run games. And that's what you're getting in LA and have from day one. So I think whoever the guys are in Herbert's ear and the brain trust on that offense and the person in charge of the offensive line, those are going to be the two most important considerations he has here over the next few months. Robert Mays, The Athletic, I love your work, man. You, you do a fantastic job over there. Thank you so um, much. If you could, let our viewers know and our listeners know where they can get your pod and, and just your work in general. It's The Athletic Football Show. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, you know, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all of that. I encourage you to check it out. We have a great time. It's three shows a week. The Sunday wrap-up show is me and my friend Nate Tice. I have a rotating cast of guests on Wednesday, and then Lindsey Jones joins us on Thursday, and Nate's been coming on to preview the playoff games as well. And then I write at The Athletic, so just about once a week, typically near the end of the week, it's the playoffs, so the schedule's a little bit wonky, but that's what we've been going with recently. So, you know, please check it out. It's a fun time of year, and I'd really appreciate any more eyeballs. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate your time, and hopefully we'll we'll catch up down the line here as this Chargers offseason starts to shake out a little bit. Sounds great. I really appreciate it.